Dan, Ian, this is Joel Runyon, blogging Possible Things. I just want to give you a ring and let you know that you haven't done a podcast in what seems like ages. So you should probably get on that. I know you got a lot of baller baller things you're working on. You know, you're down to my circle, tropical NBA, getting 14 new candidates out to Bali, partying it up. Uh, outsource to the Philippines, you know, all that, all that, all that jazz. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's time for a podcast. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, Check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy, welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast, where we believe building a business is the ideal way to create more freedom and opportunity for you, your family, and those around you today. I'm joined, as is per the usual, by my captain, my co-host, a man who coined the phrase, Nickelodes and mustaches. Welcome to the program, man. Are you stoked to be back or what? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> If you stick around to the end of the episode, Ian and I are going to share with you an insanely useful Gmail plugin that we installed thanks to our good buddy Sebastian Marshall, favorite personal development blogger. You know, when someone gives you this uh, a new app to install, my first response is like, just not another app. And I installed this, and man, have we been using it. I've used it every day, and it's been a month. So, I mean, this is something that's going to stick. I'm excited to share that with you. Um, so we just have some real quick news, and then we're going to get into the meat and potatoes today, because I'm really excited, Ian. Part of the reason we haven't done a podcast in so long is that we have been to five different countries in the last five weeks. Yeah, buddy. We're like uh, showing up late on a Friday night, and mom's like, where have you guys been? And we smell a little bit like alcohol, you know? <laughs> yeah. We haven't been doing anything wrong, I promise. You know, there's like so much news. There's so much stuff that's gone down, and I don't want to turn this podcast into like... Dan and Ian's news updates, right? So if you want to get updates from us, the best way is to get on our mailing list. And if you get on our mailing list, we also have that podcast that we recorded like a year ago. I don't know if you remember this one, Ian. We listed out the top 10 most influential books that we've ever read. Right. And a lot of them are not, it's not your classic, like read the E-Myth. Like there's some pretty interesting books on there. So if you get on our mailing list, I did send out emails during this episode break about things like the Tropical MBA, our meetup in the Philippines, like all the stuff that's going on. So if you want to really hear the updates from us, either get on our mailing list at the site or follow us on Twitter because we're pretty active Twitter users as well. So you can get all that information at the site. Speaking of the site, a couple of listeners over the past month, I think three or four listeners, sent in their pictures for our Who Wear section of them listening to the podcast in some pretty cool locations. So regardless of where you are, we'd like to see you listening to this show. That is just very, very cool. And thank you for all the recent iTunes reviews. We've had a bunch in the last month. If you want to warm our hearts, I mean, there is, I mean, waking up in the morning and seeing those iTunes reviews and, and people really, you know, invested in their businesses and, and building lifestyles that they are passionate about is just awesome. You know, this, this podcast is a two-way street. You know, we're not sitting here doing this podcast because we want to create some big product and then sell it to all you guys. We're doing it because we get to see, hopefully, you know, we're getting the same kinds of inspiration and information from you guys that you're getting from us. And it's awesome. I mean, I, it's so much fun. So thank you for all the support on the iTunes page. Speaking of support, Ian, we recently threw a party in the Philippines uh, and 25 people showed up to a remote outpost on some 
practically deserted island in the Philippines. How nuts was that? It was awesome. So we had the tropical NBA party in Porto Galera at our buddy's resort. Let me back up and remind everybody that it started out as a summit. Yeah. This is basically like a conference, and then the moment everybody showed up, everybody started calling it a party, <laughs> which right. I think was appropriate. <laughs> but we did get some work done. Everybody got good feedback, including us, on our business. Uh, we had some roundtable discussions and things like that. So I think it was uh, generally productive, but yeah, buddy, there was lots of partying. Uh, we did some snorkeling. Uh, this place in Porto Galera is interesting, right? Because you got to take a bonka boat from the mainland out to Porto Galera. We ended up stuck on Porto Galera for like three days because the storm. We were stranded at, at our own party, and it's a hell of a place to be stranded, too. One final news update. We've got about, at this point, 17 charter-free memberships to our private membership group, the Dynamite Circle. If you're interested in that, quickly check out tropicalmba.com. We're going to keep that real quiet-like, but the first 100 members are free, and there's only a few more memberships left. Um, let's move on to the meat and potatoes. One of the things that I've started to say, Ian, is you know, trying to figure out really what a lifestyle business is. I think for a lot of us, that's we want more freedom of location. You know, A lot of us, we want to move around the world. And, and this term, location independence, is what everybody says. But I think one big misconception of that is you know, your location matters a whole lot. Location independence doesn't mean location arbitrary. I mean, by being in a place, you are exposed to a tremendous amount of opportunities. And so I think choosing where you go wisely is important, right? Like, you and I had this big, long conversation last night, and it was fantastic. You know, I didn't just run off to the Philippines, um, you know, purely because that was where I wanted to live or purely because I thought that was the best business move. It's really this weird marriage between you know, what you want your lifestyle to look like, but also what you think you can get done that's valuable. And that's business. Yeah, we talked about this for like an hour last night (laughs) at length. So we've got a list here of five different flags in five different countries that are important to us right now. We've had, you know, different amounts of experiences with these places. And we just want to share, walk you through our last five weeks and sort of share with you where we see the opportunities and where we see the liabilities in these five different locations. And I think, you know, Ian, when I used to work a job, and this wasn't too long ago, I used to just hope and pray as the traveler that my boss would allow me to go visit our factory in China. And that I would learn about it five months in advance, and that would be like the biggest moment of my year. And I think, you know, by driving in this direction and following other guys who are doing this location independent business entrepreneur thing, it just started to materialize. I mean, we were sitting on the plane the other day looking at each other thinking, who are we? I mean, how did we get to this place where we can just buy a plane ticket and go somewhere? And I don't, you know, the answers aren't aren't easy for that. It's a lot of hard work. But I guess what I'm trying to say to the listeners is that there's real opportunities to get there. You just got to stay at it and you got to you got to really stay at it for years upon years and you're going to have to give up a lot of things that normal people want. Right. You know, normal people aren't willing to sacrifice traditional ideas of success. They're not willing to sacrifice um, a traditional salary level. They're not willing to sacrifice, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to live in the kinds of hotels, low budget places that I had to live in in order to scrap by and make this kind of lifestyle happen. And so I think one of the things that when I look at where we've been, the journey we've made over the last four years is that we've sacrificed a lot too. Now, we've gotten a whole lot. And I feel extremely fortunate. And speaking of fortunate, looking at these list of five countries, I just can't believe that we've been to these places. I mean, it's fabulous. So let's get started. Let's get started with the 
the old U.S. of A. This is our first flag. We're both U.S. citizens, which makes our international dealings quite tricky because, as uh, for those of you who don't know, American citizens have to report all of their worldwide earnings to the IRS forevermore. Right. So even if we're living in Hong Kong, we're in Hong Kong right now, even if we're living in Hong Kong for the next uh, 20 years, we still have to tell the IRS about all of our business dealings. Right. And this is a big problem if you own international businesses. Well, it's not a big problem, but it's something that you have to work with if you're doing business in other countries besides the United States. So what we're going to do with each country that we've been to, each flag, so to speak, is we're going to talk about the positive business and lifestyle elements and what we see as the negative business and lifestyle elements. And you know you can work these into your business the way you see fit. And then we're going to sort of give a final verdict on each country. So let's get started. What do you see as the positives of the U.S. for business and lifestyle? Positives of the U.S. Well, U.S. passport is definitely one of the most sought-after passports, most powerful passports, I'd say, in the world. Um, so that's great. Um, the U.S. legal system is also great. So you've got that backing you. Yeah, I mean, if you get thrown in jail in, in, in some third-world country, uh, you know, the American embassy is one of the best ones to have behind you. Yeah, you're probably gonna, not going to rot away. Depends on what you do, I guess. But chances are that uh, you're going to be on CNN. And, and Americans take it, and Western Europeans take it for granted that we can just show up to countries and get on-arrival visas. I mean, Americans have a couple problems with uh, countries like Brazil and China. But outside of those two places, where there's just a little bit of inconvenience. I mean, you can still go to China and everything. you got a year visa to China right now. Um, you know, we take it for granted, us Westerners, that we can just show up to places. I mean, I have Filipino friends who it's tough for them to get on an international airplane. We had a friend, a Filipino friend that we just heard about, tried to go to Singapore the other day, was ripped off the air airliner, or I should say ripped off the plane because uh, they didn't look like they had enough money to travel to Singapore. Incredible that, you know, people make these kinds of judgments. Now, there's also a lot of networking opportunities in the United States. I mean, so far, there isn't many. There isn't blog world in Thailand yet, and so I think there are legitimate networking opportunities. Although, I like networking with the expat crowd. I think there's something different about that. People have a little bit more time for you. But those, those are the positive things about the U.S. What would you say the next, uh, the negatives about doing business and living in the U.S. are for you? Big thing that we're finding, obviously, and part of the reason why we're in Hong Kong and the Philippines is um, tax flexibility. We'll talk about those countries in a minute, but as a U.S. citizen, like we explained, you don't have a lot of tax flexibility if you're a U.S. citizen working and living in the U.S. One of the biggest things I think about working in the U.S. is staffing costs. I mean, you know, outside of Europe, you absolutely have sky-high staffing costs. I think there's a lot of strategies. I mean, we often call it like the single mom strategy where there are work-from-home moms that are willing to be like virtual assistants that live in middle America. Maybe they don't live in such high... Uh, David from Greenback Tax Services, in fact, employs people that don't live in, say, major metropolitan areas so he can get better rates on his people. When I think of the downsides of the U.S., I think of staffing costs. Primarily, that's why we offshored ourselves. Let's just verdict the USA because everybody gets the USA. I mean, I, I would say for me, I love the USA. I think it's the best country in the world. I would encourage anybody to go visit there if you haven't been there yet. But I just find it boring at this point. I mean, I still have that wanderlust, Ian. Um, I want to find places with new opportunities for synthesis, you know, bring my knowledge from growing up in the United States and doing business there to these new places. To me, that's a really exciting prospect. 
Yeah, super exciting. So let's talk about the next place we went. Before you came to visit me in Bali, you stopped by China to speak with some of the people that we employ there and to visit some of our factories. We also met some really cool guys at the TMBA party who came down from southern China. So we learned a lot from them about the scene. We also met uh, podcast listener Ula in Manila. She has an incredible uh, story about how she got her lifestyle business off the ground, and that was really inspiring to meet her. She lives in Shanghai, and so we got from two different poles of China, we got some really insider information about what it's like to be an expat there. So what do you see as the positives of setting yourself up in China as many of the listeners of this podcast have done so? Yeah, China is becoming a serious force, serious global force. Uh, Obviously, one of the top priorities for us in Shenzhen is sourcing. So I went over there to source some products and to visit some of our factories. They're still a really strong player in the uh, manufacturing game. Really strong. Really strong. They're, they're obviously. it, man. I mean, unless you need missiles. <laughs> well, I think eventually. Uh, I think eventually. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we were manufacturing in places like Africa 15 years from now, uh, Vietnam maybe five years from now. But still, um, right now, China is still really irrelevant. And part of the reason why it's. Um, Maybe even becoming a little bit more relevant. Uh, let, me, let me give you an example here. We met these guys in Shenzhen, and they are uh, Westerners living in Shenzhen sourcing. Sourcing is a tough job, but what they're doing is they're bridging the gap between American companies and Chinese uh, factories. And so the price might be a little bit higher going through these guys, but they understand what you need, they speak your language, and it's really, really easy to get products. So I'd say sourcing. Uh, is our number one priority in China. I'd say two other things I'd say about the opportunities in China. Networking. Obviously, there's a lot of really smart people making their way over to the mainland. A lot of the people that might have came to Hong Kong 10 years ago, they're now living in Shenzhen or or Shanghai. That's because part of of the reason why is because uh, China is a little bit more cowboy country than Hong Kong. I mean, there's opportunities over there. And that would be my final point about China is, I mean... We're meeting with Matt, podcast listener Matt K from HighCappin.com, you know, in a few hours for happy hour. I mean, to talk to him on the phone about his experience, you can come here, you can set up shop, and you can start a business. I mean, there are real, I mean, there's less of that going on in Thailand. I know a lot of people dream about, you know, moving to Thailand and doing their niche sites or whatever, and that's great. But, I mean, if you want to go start a business, you could really provide some real value in mainland China. But I see a lot of downsides to China, so let me share some of them. First off, I don't like China very much. I mean, I've been there a bunch of times. Um, something about it doesn't really resonate with me. Everybody knows I'm a beachy kind of guy. Um, China is massive. I mean, going to Shanghai makes the island of Manhattan seem like, uh, you know, it's like kindergarten compared to, you go to Shanghai, I mean, this place is massive. And it's just, it's a little bit much for me. I mean... Yeah, I think another reason why it makes it, uh, or another reason that it's hard to navigate is because it's massive. So it's kind of hard to get around in China, especially if you're a jerk like me and you've been there several, several times and you haven't picked up too much of the language. I mean, not a lot of English going on in China. That's very true. So I'd say my verdict on China is it's a fantastic business base, especially if you want to do sourcing, manufacturing, or consulting. There's a lot of Westerners heading to China, more and more so every day. And I just think there's great opportunities there. So if you want to make your first jump into location independent, I mean, Vietnam is something we're not going to talk about in the program today, but again, there's a manufacturing push there, and there's money involved. 
I mean, there's not a lot of people paying people money to go to Thailand. There's a lot of money paying people to go to China. Yeah, and you need to get with our buddies Chris and Mike and James that we met over at the TNBA Summit. These guys are putting together, I think, a house in Shenzhen um, where people can kind of co-work over there. So a really good opportunity. If you're interested in going over there, be sure to uh, get in contact with those guys. That's a great point. So if you guys are serious about sourcing, we don't want to hook people up who are tourists. But if you're serious, uh, get in touch with us and we'll hook you up with our buddies from China. Next flag, Ian. The second place you went after you flew to China was you came over to Indonesia, which is where I was uh, meeting up with the Tropical MBA guys and we were finding a house there. Um, so everybody knows we got a four-bedroom house with a pool and a Nipah hut and Wi-Fi. I mean, I'm smiling. You can tell now. I mean, it, it's exciting. It's a really cool house. We're running our, our Tropical MBA internship applications just ended this morning, so we're sifting through them today. It's just been phenomenal. I would say the positives of Bali have been well covered on this program. I think the lifestyle in Bali is incredible. The mix of city offerings um, in a countryside-like atmosphere uh, are, is just un, unparalleled. I mean, you can eat at world-class restaurants and then walk out in your flip-flops and go swimming at the beach. Yeah, there's really, really high quality of life, I think, in Bali. Your dollar goes further in Bali, I think, than it does in most places in the world. And you've got epic, epic things to do, like surfing, um, you know, tons of outdoor sports. There's so much to do in Bali. Like, it's a small place, but I never feel bored there. Uh, so you mentioned cost. I think in terms of value, like price performance of your dollar, nowhere else in the world. I mean, I just feel like my dollar is so powerful. In we have a we have one of our favorite restaurants in Bali, which is right down the street from our house, and uh, we call it. Uh, you know, they're called Warongs there, right? For a restaurant, yeah. and so we call it Warong Old Lady, <laughs> uh, just because it's it, you know we're just. Uh, can't read the name of the the business and whatever. So, uh, Warang Old Lady, uh, you can get yourself a meal for like uh, around two dollars, I think. And uh, this is like a really really good lunch meal. So, um, I think like a, a decent food budget over there is like ten dollars a day max with a couple beers. And you can eat just fantastic stuff. One final positive of Bali, I would say, is the networking. Obviously, we've got a house there now, but what we're seeing is more and more people. I mean. A Venkat from Ribbon Farm called it the verifiable lifestyle design headquarters. I don't agree with him, but I am going to take it as a challenge and try to make it that. Now, a lot of people are sticking their heads up in Bali saying, hey, I'm an internet market. Hey, I'm in a lot of people are coming in because of the house that we're putting up there. Obviously, we're bringing interns. We're bringing our current interns and our employees. I And we've got a bunch of people on the island already that we're networking with like, um, Michael from Project Getaway and David from Greenback Tax Services. And these guys, um, you know, you think David from Greenback Tax Services, what is he, some guy who uh, processes tax returns to pay his $1,000 a month rent? No, like David is, a, is a, an incredible entrepreneur and, and there's more and more guys like him moving to the island every day um, as this trend expands. You know, this is still, we're still at the head of the curve here, Ian. Um, this is just getting started, this sort of, uh, location-independent, larger-scale business thing. So, yes, I do believe that over the next year, you're going to see, uh, I would predict, 15 prominent internet marketers will move to Bali within the next 12 months, and this can be very interesting. Now, the downsides of Bali, um, I would say, you know, what you'd expect. First off, it's not a great place for hiring. And it's not, it's not, it's not, you know, you're not going to necessarily go up there and set up a shop as easily as you would in, in places like China, Vietnam, Philippines, stuff like that. I don't see it as a st particularly strong place to do business. 
in terms of the banking regulations and, and getting yourself ownership in an Indonesian corporation and, and having to deal in Bahasa and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's definitely something that you can do, but it's not like a big opportunity. I'm not saying, hey, why don't you guys come to Bali and invest in real estate or something? So, um, and then one final downside that you are commonly griping about, why don't you explain the final downside of Bali? Uh, the final downside, I think, is probably the traffic. I mean, the traffic is really, really dangerous over there. I mean, we both like to ride motorcycles, but uh, it is really dangerous to be driving around Bali. I think uh, some guy was telling us like 150 people end up in the hospital every day and 20% of them don't make it. And Bali's not that big of a place. So, Well, there's 4 million people there, but you could run the numbers on that. It's not exactly inspiring. Yeah. So it's super dangerous to be driving around there. So you got to be careful. Also, the pollution, the particulates from these motorcycles that don't have any kind of emission standards are really bad. So you got to wear a mask, or at least I wear a mask when I'm over there, just because uh, you'll develop, a, you develop the cough over there. It's really bad. I would say, you know, when I decided that I think Bali was the perfect location for the Tropical MBA, and I still believe that, of all the places I've been, I thought, wow, like this place really embodies the values of the Tropical MBA. I thought, isn't it a shame that we're going to be driving on these motorcycles? Because I do believe that there is an inherent risk there that we're taking on. And so, yeah, that is that is a downside. And, and the reason why you have to ride a motorcycle over there is because the traffic's so bad, and if you get in a car, it takes forever to get there. So my recommendation is to do what we did, which is find a house in a central location that you can walk to a lot of things. Right, and Sonur is a great, quiet neighborhood to do that in. If you need more information about Bali, feel free to hook us up, uh, get with us. we got tons of information about it. The verdict on Bali, I would say Bali has perhaps one of the highest qualities of living in the entire world. Agreed. And I'm really excited to be moving there. Next country. I can't believe that you have never, ever, ever been to the Philippines before. So I finally took you to the Philippines, showed you the promised land, and, uh, you know, you've been hiring Filipinos for two years now, and you never went there. Right. And so what's your first impression of the Philippines? Fun. <laughs> That's my impression of the Philippines. The Philippines is is uh, is cowboy country, 100% cowboy country. I love doing cowboy stuff. So uh, I really, really, really enjoyed the Philippines. Beautiful landscapes. You know, the best part about the Philippines for me, hands down, um, is the people. The people are amazing. I mean, the attitudes that they have there are just world-class. Everybody's always smiling, having a good time. Um, generation, there's like, doesn't seem to be much of a generation gap. I mean, young people talk to older people. I mean, everybody's just really friendly with each other, uh, handing babies around. I mean, it's just like a very loving culture. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed that about it. Uh, it's full of young people too, by the way. I mean, there's just tons and tons of young people in uh, the Philippines. So I'd say uh, my favorite part about uh, the Philippines is uh, the people and the fun and the beautiful landscapes. So a couple other advantages that are well-known are the staffing. Um, the offices, a little bit less well-known, are um, the taxes and the banking. I mean, the BIR is like the IRS equivalent in, in the Philippines, and they are very inefficient, which allows you as a corporation owner there to be quite flexible in how you invest your profits and stuff like that. 
We have a buddy, uh, speaking of the BIR and, and, and just different uh, inefficiencies in government, we have a buddy that uh, is going through some kind of uh, case in the Philippines. Uh, and he was telling us how um, the trial works, basically. And so uh, when you call up a witness, you basically have, what, like something like 30 minutes to examine that witness. And if you don't get through that witness, then it gets um, postponed like another six months or a year or something like that. Anyways, this simple trial that's that's uh, he's trying to have pushed through has taken like five years so far. And it's not even halfway done. So the inefficiencies in the Philippines in terms of the legal system and the BIR are amazing, which makes it an interesting opportunity. It makes it a very interesting opportunity. I mean, one thing that we've talked about on our outsourcing podcast before, and we did this during this trip, is you can just show up to a bank and get a bank account as a tourist. I mean, and technically that's not quite in the bylaws of the law, but you can do it because banks want your business and they're willing to work with you on it. So there's all these interesting, like you said, cowboy country opportunities. Um, It's a little bit of a red flag country for the IRS for those reasons. Yeah, they're building a couple really substantial IRS (laughs) buildings over there. They are. But, you know, I think... The Philippines, like you said, and like we've talked about extensively on our Philippines podcast, is an incredible party. I mean, it is just so much fun to go there. It's an incredible party. And then let's move, let's seg right into the downsides of the Philippines then. I think it's too much of a party. I mean, I think, you know, overall, when you look at the Philippines, it just feels like it's not world-class yet. Like, there's nothing really world-class. There's not a lot of world-class restaurants. There's not a lot of world-class architecture. There's not a lot of world-class people. I mean, the bottom line is that there are not very many smart business people in the Philippines. And I don't mean that as a scourge against Filipinos. Now, in terms of Westerners. Now, a lot, not said, a lot of the smartest Filipinos leave the Philippines. If there's one thing that unites Filipinos, it's that they have a desire to go overseas. And so I think one of the biggest downsides of living in the Philippines is networking. And I think it's very difficult to find yourself a network of really intelligent people. And, and that segs into like my biggest problem with the Philippines in my one and a half year living there is I felt like you kind of reach a dead end at a certain point. Because, you know, you meet Chris Ducker and you meet a couple other guys there and you're like, that's it. They're the end of the road. There's nowhere else to go. And so it feels very lonely and it and you can lose your inspiration and drive and you can start to focus on things like, well, why don't I hang out in islands and party instead because and go diving? Because that's where it's not a dead end. There's definitely the uh, five o'clock uh, five o'clock drink happening in the Philippines. I mean, <laughs> everybody's showing up to the bar at five o'clock there. It seems like maybe that's just the people that we run with, but you know, it, the party does get a little bit uh, old after a while. So I would say, you know, the Philippines is still the premier location in Southeast Asia to go there, hire a staff, set up a corporation, get yourself an office in a, in a t- tax-free payza zone, and, and get and get rolling. But you know, get there, hire, and then get out after a year and then, and go back and visit. It's a, it's a phenomenal, tremendous playground. It's a, it's a phenomenal business space. But for me, it's not going to be a long-term living solution. Hey, and in terms of getting out, it costs us $25, $25 a person to get from Clark to Hong Kong. So very easy to get out. That's a great seg. $25 later, here we are in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, to me, might be the most beautiful large city I've ever been to. It's just awe-inspiring. I mean, the mountains in the background, uh, you know, we're in the central area right now. Like, just Google Hong Kong if you've never seen a picture of Hong Kong. It just is majestic. It's absolutely a fantastic place. 
Um, we've been having so much fun walking around, eating noodles on the street, and just exploring Hong Kong, meeting a lot of cool people. So what would you see as the plus sides of Hong Kong. Well, why are we here? What's the story? Uh, so the reason that we're here is uh, above the board's banking. So it's not too difficult, not too expensive to get yourself a Hong Kong corporation. So that's exactly what we did. Um, we uh, are working with a firm here that uh, can expedite the process for us. Yeah, that's called Jumpstart. We'll link C up to that in the notes. Yeah, Jumpstart's pretty cool. We'll let you know how the whole process goes. We're just finishing it up right now. But So we're here setting up a Hong Kong corporation. Um, and part of the reason why we're doing that uh, is because it's a good place uh, to do business in terms of taxes, right? So if you're doing business on the internet, I would highly suggest setting up a Hong Kong corporation. Yeah, and so there's a bunch of reasons for that that I don't want to go into in this episode, but I want to say if you have an e-commerce store and your business is location independent, you might want to seriously consider start talking to some people about why you'd want to do it here in Hong Kong. And we're going to probably do a full episode on that. There's no, no corporate taxes here in Hong Kong on transactions done outside of Hong Kong. And you get tremendous flexibility in terms of how you can uh, organize your business expenses and investments. And there's another thing, uh, which is that Hong Kong is above the boards. It's not like a money. It's not like going to the British Virgin Islands or going to uh, Panama or something. I mean, you can get a Hong Kong corporation and then go to PayPal and say, hey, hook us up with a merchant account. We're going to do business. Right. And you're off to the races. But of course, it paradise doesn't come for free. There are downsides to the beautiful city of Hong Kong. I would say, obviously, cost. Yeah, we're staying in a place right now, two bedroom, uh, very small place, uh, right right in the heart of town here. Um, but it, I think the guy told us that the cost of the place is a half a million dollars, and it can't be more than 200 square feet. And uh, we're paying around $550 for one week. So yeah. very expensive to stay here. And especially, you know, if we would have stayed at a hotel, I mean, geez, it would have cost us almost $1,000. So uh, we hacked that. But yeah, the cost is very high. The one other thing that I see here, Ian, and this is a weird thing to say about the place that Thomas Friedman called the sort of most laissez-faire place on the planet, is that I really feel like there's a lack of entrepreneurial opportunities here. Yeah, and you can tell that from the uh, from the Hong Kong dress code. <laughs> Everybody in Hong Kong, I should say all the guys in Hong Kong have black slacks on with a button-down shirt with a silver watch on and some <laughs> nice shoes. I mean, it's the it's the uniform of Hong Kong, but part of that tells me that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys working here. Yeah, and 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 it's it's sort of the business socks capital of Asia. Right. We look like weirdos walking around in our flip-flops and t-shirts and stuff and you know, I, I just think that really when, when we met all those guys from Shenzhen and everything, Shenzhen is, is only an hour and a half away here. Um, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're not going to do it from Hong Kong unless you're at some high level of capital. You're going to move over to the mainland because that's where, it's, where they're getting it done. And so I think this is more of a financial uh, headquarters. So I would say the verdict on Hong Kong for me is come here for a weekend. Man, it, Hong Kong is one of the best places in the world to spend a weekend, I would say, because you can zip around the city. You can see so many incredible things and it's beautiful. Um, and it's a great place to start a business. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in the future. It's also very close to all other kinds of fun stuff to do. Um, so Ian, that was a whew, long-winded overview of the five flags that are currently involved in our business. If you've got a flag that we think uh, that you think we should check out. I do hope that you'll share with us at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Let's move on to the quick tips, tricks, and or we rarely tell funny jokes section. So, yeah, but we are in the memes lately. Oh, we should be buddy. posting those. Man. We will. 
<laughs> if you don't know what a meme is, we'll post it on. We'll link you up to that stuff. We are just obsessed with Reddit, and that's just that's the end of it. So I want to talk about Boomerang. You can go to boomerang.com. We'll link you up to that. There are three reasons why you want to, you might want to install uh, Boomerang into your Gmail inbox. So we use Gmail. Um, we use Gmail with domain mapping, which means we send outbound through our servers. So when you get an email from me, you get it from dan at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com, but I'm actually sending that from Gmail. Okay. So, but this is, this is the killer app here, the Boomerang. What, what does it allow you to do, Ian? Boomerang is awesome. Thank you, Sebastian Marshall from SebastianMarshall.com for this. Um, so basically, it's like a GTD for your inbox. So there's a couple different features that Boomerang has. Um, first feature is, uh, so it's basically just a little plugin, right, that that appears in the center of your... It's your a tad email. bit heavy. So when you install it, you might think, oh, this is a little bit clunky. But to me, it's like so worth it that I, I totally got over that after the first few hours. Right, so GTD, getting things done by David Allen. Okay, so when you have an inbox or when you have an email in your inbox, there's a couple of things that you want to do. You want to respl- you want to reply to it, you want to delay it, or you want to defer it, right? Delegate it. Delegate it, that's right. Okay, so uh, what Boomerang allows you to do is uh, say you take that message from your inbox, you can say, send this back to me two days from now when I'm ready for it. Send this back to me four hours from now when I'm ready for it. So that's the first functionality of Boomerang. Right, so it basically allows you to process an email, get it out of your inbox, and it's basically like the tickler function that David Allen would talk about. I want this email to tickle me in four days. I use that one a lot. Here's another one that's a killer one. Remind me if they don't reply. So you can basically say, we have to meet with a Hong Kong banker in two days. I write him an email, say, send me this address. And then I tell Boomerang, remind me if this guy doesn't reply to me in two days. Send back to my inbox. Absolutely brilliant. And finally, you can delay sendbacks, which is if you're one of those crack pellet email guys like I am, and you respond to people within five minutes, and they're like, who the heck is this guy? Respond to me in five minutes. Or sometimes when you reply too fast, people might want to reply back, like it's almost like a chat. So what you can do is you can delay a send. This is also important if you're running a business and you don't want to be seen as the guy who sends emails at four o'clock in the morning. In fact, I just called a guy in uh, the East Coast yesterday at four o'clock California time. He did, he goes, what are you calling me? Four o'clock? Are you got a problem? I go, oh, no, I'm in Hong Kong. Right? <laughs> but people notice this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, those are three killer features that we use Boomerang on a daily basis in our Gmail inbox. Well, Ian, we got really long long-winded on this one next week i promise we'll get back to well i don't i'm not going to promise anything we'll try to keep it short and as long as you promise us to go make a cold call so anyway ian thanks for thanks for joining me today let's go have some fun in hong kong what do you think booyah hey everybody thanks for listening don't be shy we've got a mailing list lifestylebusinesspodcast.com go there get yourself signed up and we'll keep you up to date on everything